Willow Astor, and today on Living in the Pages, I speak with best-selling author Helen Huang. We discuss getting comfortable in a public profession, organization or the lack thereof, a harem of book boyfriends, and the food in her book. Hello. Hello. Hi, Helen. How are you? I am okay today. <laughs> are you? Have you had a busy day? Uh, yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, thanks for having me. So what's a normal routine for you, both when you're working on a book and when you're not? Um, in I think in general, the day, you know, if I'm working on a book or not, it's generally wake up, get the kids out the door, and then I mm-hmm. either write or I do whatever work stuff at my computer all day. Okay. Or I can read, I guess, um, and until it's time to get my kids sometimes with lunch in there if I remember (laughs) and then or else I like inhale it as I'm running out the door to get my kids yes and then the kids are home and as soon as they're in bed I I will usually write more work or something more until bedtime so nighttime is when you get most done maybe um no it's it's during the school hours when they're Mm, yes that's the most productive Mm -hmm. time how old are your kids uh they're four and seven so so. super busy time yeah congratulations on your success with the kissing quotient thank you (laughs) how does it feel people are talking about your book and loving it i um i mean when they when they actually are talking about the book i i Positively, <laughs> right. <laughs> I like that. You know, of course, anytime that there's the negative stuff, that's really sad. But um, I guess I have, I have mixed emotions because um, I know I, I've gotten a lot of publicity because of my late diagnosis, and so sometimes I, I feel like I haven't earned what people are talking about, and Aww. and so I, I hope that. All the good things are actually because of my book instead of about my diagnosis. Well, I read the entire book and loved it without knowing any of that, if that helps <laughs> oh, you at all. Yes. <laughs> I did not know at all. And so it was like when I read that at the end, first of all, I was really grateful that you put that in there. It felt like you were opening up a part of yourself that you wouldn't have to and I want to talk about all of that, whatever you want to talk about, I guess, about the Asperger's, but it just felt like it all made sense how you were able to explain Stella so well, because she just felt like, oh, yeah, well, of course, and I loved it. I felt like it was such a personal thing, but I was grateful you shared it, and I would love to hear your thoughts on women masking their autism that struck a chord with me when I read that in your author's note. Yeah. So I, you know, that before I read about it, I, and I, I think the book is called uh, Asper Girls mm. by Rudy Simone. Before I read that book, I didn't know that, that I had been masking my whole life. Really? I'm really good at it. <laughs> I'm so good at it. And if you meet me on the street, I don't seem like I'm struggling to be something that I'm not. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a really sad thing that that there are so many people who unconsciously do this. Mm -hmm. It's frustrating. 
in an ideal world, we would all feel safe being ourselves mm-hmm. and no one would have to do that. Do you feel like talking about it and letting people know about it has helped you in your daily life be more who you are? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I, I'm definitely happier in general, I think, because I just I'm not trying to fit myself into somebody else's perception of normal. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to be comfortable with who I am. And I'm, you know, I'm kinder to myself. If I don't feel like making eye contact, I don't, I don't make myself do it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't have the energy to socialize, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't go. I think it's, I think it's good to, to, to be able to, to advocate for me that way is new because I never did that in the past. I'm so happy for you because I feel like women struggle to do this for themselves anyway. But when it's to the level that it sounds like you've experienced, I'm just so happy that that's that's got to feel like a huge weight off your back. Yeah. Just let let yourself be. Yeah. And I and I hope that other people can even if they don't have, you know, a diagnosis or if, you know, they're not on the spectrum, I hope that other people can be inspired to just feel natural being who they are mm-hmm. from all of this. I loved the purity of Stella and how Michael could see all the best parts of her. What was the best part for you in writing these characters? So, you know, as I was writing Stella, I was, you know, getting diagnosed. I was learning about autism and everything and and I felt like writing her uh, giving her autistic traits like consciously giving her autistic traits Mm -hmm. and writing them that was it it felt like me embracing myself Mm -hmm. and it felt really healthy I loved doing that Mm -hmm. but I mean like if you ask about Michael what did I like about writing him it was one of my favorite things is his family. Yes, I loved his family. Reading about the food they ate, I wanted to be there so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how to cook the dishes they were having? No. No, I'm a horrible cook. Are you? Yeah, my my brother-in-law is actually, um, his mother is a chef at a, she has a Vietnamese restaurant, so he, okay. he's a good cook, and I've watched him cooking all of these things, and oh. he kind of partially inspired, nice. you know, <laughs> those parts of Michael. I love the family. They were so funny, so funny, and the grandma. Yeah, <laughs> so she's based off of my grandma. Really? Yeah, and, and it was really, um, it was special for me to write grandma there she passed away like 10 years ago and you know bringing her back I was really happy to do that so I could share her and and watch her living and breathing again and walking around with the lawn shears (laughs) was that her thing oh yeah oh that's so cute (laughs) yeah well I'm always curious about the writing process for authors what is your process so I don't know if it's exactly plotting, um, if I'm, you know, bitten by a story, I will, mm-hmm. I will daydream the whole thing. What I did for this book was, I think I, I just daydreamed it nonstop for like a week mm-hmm. from beginning to end, and and I replayed the parts that I really liked, you know, over <laughs> and over. Uh, and uh, I think at the end of the week, I wrote a synopsis. Mm -hmm. And then I 
then I wrote the book in a very linear fashion. So there isn't really, you know, copious amounts of notes and, and a detailed outline or anything. It's, it's mostly just in my head. But um, in a way, it is in, in a way it is outlined. It's mm-hmm. been already played in my head. Have you always daydreamed stories like this? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have the kid when they're little and they're kind of staring off into space. Uh-huh. <laughs> That was me. That was me too. (laughs) Yes. What are you doing sitting on the stairs all alone like that? (laughs) (laughs) I feel I feel like I daydreamed fan fiction before it was a thing. Yeah. I would see shows from characters I loved and make up my own stories from them. And here we are today with fan fiction. Yes. (laughs) I feel like maybe that's a thing that connects writers so we all mm-hmm. have the stories in our head that play like that <laughs> yeah well reading about Stella I just imagined that you would be very organized because you write about it so perfectly yeah are you an organized person it depends <laughs> <laughs> I guess like if I'm very uh, passionate like if I'm it, drafting a story mm-hmm. then I, like my executive functioning just kind of flushes down the drain I don't I become like this wild completely distracted and obsessed with one thing mm-hmm. uh, and I'm no longer organized in that, <laughs> in that situation but outside of that I can be mm-hmm. I don't even know that makes sense. yeah but not I'm not like a checklist maker I don't plan no things uh, but I you know in therapy I'm learning to to have a calendar of things I'm supposed to do throughout the day so mm-hmm. I remember to you know spend time with my kids and things like that but <laughs> it's not quite natural for me so you can't live in that daydream world you have to snap out of it sometimes yeah sadly <laughs> i know that's hard for me to do too it really is so what are you working on now i just handed in edits for the second book in the series oh. called the bride test and i guess it releases summer of next year or may 2019. Oh, is it about Michael and Stella too? No, it's about okay. Michael's cousin. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, his name is Kai. So this is his autistic cousin. And then the third book is about his cousin Quan. And I'm currently working on that. But I, I think working on isn't the right word. It's more like stalling oh. on. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is too distracted to come up with a a story that grabs me on that one. Do you need breaks between writing or do you have to go right into the next one once you're done with something? Before this book published, I used to be the kind of person who my brain was just firing all the time with stories and I would write one and I would start writing the next. But I think the the amount of promotion and publicity mm-hmm. from this was just so overwhelming to me that my brain has frozen, <laughs> or at least the creative side of my brain has frozen. And then I, yeah, I, I haven't been myself. Yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> I'm hoping that as time 
passes i get back to the old way of things you will i think you will (laughs) it's overwhelming for everybody and then you mentioned negative feedback so if you ever get hung up reading negative reviews that's just a bad downward spiral don't do it (laughs) the hard part is when they tag you with that i know why do they do that it's just mean it's just mean I don't go looking for it. You know? I know. <laughs> Sometimes it finds you on its own. <laughs> it's true. I've never understood that either. Like, why in the world would you think I'd want to see that nasty review? It's like, yes. no, thank you. Sometimes I think reviewers don't realize that the authors read when they tag, <laughs> or that we have feelings, uh, or you know, shocking. Like, I know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, by the same token, you can get a big head if you just read all the good ones too. That's so there's true. balance there, I guess. But keep but me still. from being too confident. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, let's do a fast five. I'll ask questions and you answer off the top of your head. Sure. Last book you read and loved. So I was really lucky to read an early draft of Roselle Lean's debut. Oh. It's coming out next year, next okay. summer. It's called Natalie Tan's Book of Luck and Fortune. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's women's fiction with magical realism. It's just gorgeous Ooh. and so fun and heartwarming and adorable. I, I really like it. Roselle Lean, you say? Yeah, L-I-M. L-I-M, Okay. Do you believe in love at first sight? No. <laughs> What's your favorite date night? Friday? Is that <laughs> the right way to answer that question? Yes. And what do you like to do on Fridays? I actually haven't had a date night. And I mean, my girl is seven oh, now. So. girl, it's time. <laughs> it is time for date night. Yes, yes we, uh, I have a hard time foisting my children off on other people, I guess. If you could travel back in time, what period would you choose? I would probably go back to, like, Ming Dynasty Mm, China. Yeah. Because that would be pretty awesome. Who is your favorite book boyfriend? I have way too many. I can't pick one. Do you? I have a whole harem of them. Ooh. Um, (laughs) No. (laughs) I I, honestly, I can't pick. I, I... I think when I read a book, I fall in love with them yeah. all, you know? Yeah. Michael is pretty great. <laughs> Thank you. He is pretty great. That makes me happy. So will we be seeing you at any signings this year or next? I don't currently have plans to do any public mm-hmm. events. Um, I mean, I've been working on it with my therapist. Yes. I would probably need medication um yeah, we all do or, or like massive amounts of alcohol yeah i think I, I went to a conference last year and i think i just spent the whole time you know inebriated oh. which isn't a good look but, you know <laughs> we all have to get through the day somehow yes. yeah and, and also there's the the the, the new thing that i'm i feel slightly notorious as kind of a novelty that people want to mm. see what I look like, not because they're interested in my writing. Oh. <laughs> so I don't feel extremely comfortable with that. They must not um, have enough autistic people in their life if that's the way it is. Yeah. Or maybe it's all in my head. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still working on 
trying to figure out how to be an author in real life. Yeah, so. it could partly be in your head, yes. Because like I was saying, when I read the book, I didn't know. So I think there are a lot of people out there who who wouldn't and wouldn't care. You know, I mean, it's. I think it's awesome that you have discovered it about yourself and it's helping you and putting a name on it for so many people. I think that's incredible. So I think take it like that and not that you're an oddity or <laughs> novelty or... Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But so far I've been not going out. Yeah, that's okay. Signings are really hard for a lot of authors. I just got back from one that was massive and overwhelming and I thought I might be hiding in the corner the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I would be in the corner with you. <laughs> Are you reading anything right now that you can recommend or that you're enjoying? Oh, oh yes. Currently, I'm reading um, Jenny Norbach's uh, memoir. It, it, and it's called The Scarlet Letters. Uh, it's about... It, um, a brief period of time where she worked as a dominatrix oh. in a BDSM dungeon. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, you know, aside from all of the parts that you would expect mm -hmm. in their, uh, you know, like kink and this other side of people, it's been um, very good at opening my mind, mm. I guess, um, to think of things in a new way and to kind of learn to put aside judgments, mm. I think, because, you know, a lot of these people, they're forced into going to these secret places mm -hmm. because they can't be open as who they really mm. are in real life. And, and it's, you know, that's kind of a sad that's really sad to me. Hmm. So I'm writing it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I thought it's it's very interesting okay. the things that you see in there. It's like you know there's gonna be I I, I you know personally I'm a very vanilla uh, <laughs> person. And a lot of these things. Wow, I didn't yeah. know anyone that. <laughs> so it's easy to put a judgment on it because that's so different from what I've experienced or ever thought yeah. of or anything. But but then, you know, when you look at it from someone else's point of view, then you learn to to put aside those judgments. Right. Is there a genre you particularly enjoy? Um, well, romance. Mm -hmm. I read like 95% romance. <laughs> and there are rarely, I'll, you know, I, I'll read for research, mm -hmm. you know, nonfiction, memoirs, um, and, uh, you know, every once in a while, there will be, like, the rare YA novel, mm -hmm. like The Hunger Games or something. Mm -hmm. But in general, it's all romance. Mm. What part of the country do you live in? I'm in San Diego, California. Oh, my word. So. <gasps> <gasps> I grew up nice in San too. Jose. and Okay. Yeah, I love San Diego. I like San Jose, too, up in the Bay Area. Yeah, it's a nice area. Well, now I will know where to picture you. <laughs> well, thanks so much for doing this today. Yes, thank you for having I me. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out for me and enjoyed talking to you so much. Yes, likewise. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have a great day. You too, okay, thank you. thank you, Helen. Yeah, bye. bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please share 